1: Welcome back, folks. We're joined by Jim LaCour, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, state wildlife uh, veteran, uh, veterinarian. Excuse me. We're talking about feral hogs. We move from marijuana to feral hogs now, Jim. <laughs> well, if, if you
0: get a, if you get a good uh, appetite, you'll have some pork to eat then, right? There, so.
1: <laughs> there you go. Currently, at, currently estimates are in excess of 700. 100,000 feral hogs throughout the state of Louisiana, and they are found in all 64 parishes. How would you describe where we are? Is is this a crisis? Where are we? Well, this is
0: uh, similar to, you know, putting a frog in a pan of water and turning on the fire. We're we're all getting used to it. Uh, It doesn't make it any easier. There are... um, you know, a lot of people suffering from it. Farmers, of course, are, are taking a huge impact. The, uh, the LSU Ag Center did a study in 2022 and estimated Louisiana row crop farmers are losing $91 million a year to feral hog damage. Uh, of course, you have uh, landscaping that's torn up, golf courses, um, cemeteries, other you know municipal areas that are torn up as well as just private property. And, and, uh, and of course, it, it costs money to fix the damage from these hogs. So everybody's suffering from them.
1: And the, there there has been kind of a transition, right? I mean, the genetics of these hogs are changing. I mean, I've read some articles in some states they are talking about, like, super hogs. I mean, it's what, what's going well, on here?
0: Yeah, that's uh, there was a popular press article about pigs in Canada uh, and crossing the borders, and, and it's a little bit different. So um, we have uh, hogs that are sort of an amalgamation. Uh, they are hogs, some that have been free-living, you know, for gen- many generations. There are um, escaped or released uh, domestic pigs. You know, back in the day, it was commonplace to, uh, mark your pigs. You notch their ears and turn them out. And the old saying was "root hog or die." And uh, they went and made a living. And you kept feeding them a little, and and you you know harvest a pig or sell one to the stockyard if you needed some money. Well, some of those just left and, and merged with these other wild hogs. And then you have a whole different beast: the the Russian or Eurasian wild boar, which is a completely different breed it's still sous scrofa, the same genus and species it's just a, a different look of hog they've got long noses silver tip hair and, and they get bigger and are more aggressive and those were actually brought to north america um, mostly for for pen uh hog hunts so they put them in the pens and of course pigs escape from pens and so what we're left with is a, a kind of a, a Wild boar in it, and some just free ranging hog in it. So they are just—they're omnivores. They eat anything that has a calorie in it. Uh, they are uh, made to survive. They're in the, the coldest of environments. They are in the deserts. They're in marshes. They're in upland habitat. Uh, they can make a living anywhere, and uh, and that and they have a very high reproductive rate as well. So that makes them just the ultimate uh, large mammal nuisance animal basically Uh,
1: talk to us about the reproductive rate how challenging is that
0: it's very challenging and that's actually the uh, the problematic aspect of them if you look at a deer they have you know a fawn or two a year Um, these pigs uh, start breeding some of them even before six months of age but generally six to eight months of age Uh, they average six piglets per litter um, and as they say, of those six piglets, eight of them survive. So they, uh, they, they do very well with reproduction. They can have two, two litters per year. Um, and certainly older sows may have many, many more piglets. We've seen up to 15 piglets in a sow. So they are quite capable of, of exponential reproduction. And, and that's what makes control efforts uh, so difficult, um, you know, statisticians have crunched the numbers and said in a population you basically need to remove around 70 75 percent of the hogs annually to keep the same number so if you have a hundred pigs on your property you need to remove 70 or 75 of them to have a hundred pigs next year because of the high reproductive rate so our control efforts people hunting them shooting them trapping them are necessary um, but you know I tell people you know it's sort of like bailing a boat with a hole in it you have to do it uh, otherwise you sink but you're really never getting anywhere
1: is this how similar is this to the challenge that we had with nutria
0: well it's similar but different um the nutria and the uh, feral hogs are both invasive species um neither one is native to north america so DeSoto brought the first pigs here when he came exploring, and that's where our problem started. Uh, Nutria, of course, were, were brought up from uh, Central and South America. Um, the, the big difference there and, and where we see that is when you start talking about bounties and things like that. Um, Nutria have no domestic alternative hogs or wild pigs, if you prefer, um, have a domestic counterpart that has all the same body parts of the same genus and species. The pretty floppy-eared pink pig you see at the fair is the same genus and species. So, if you have tail bounties, for instance, and that's been tried, you know, people turned in domestic pig tails for bounties, and so that um, that is somewhat problematic. Um, we also have um, commercial production of domestic pigs obviously everybody likes their pork their bacon and their their tenderloins and what have you um, so we have a lot of disease worry uh, about diseases that are have been eradicated in domestic pigs being reintroduced by feral hogs which have all of these diseases
1: still yeah in fact i just got a text uh, hogs can make a living off a concrete pasture
0: that's right that's right and get fat on it don't forget that they'll get fat on it so
1: yeah so what what is the answer here is it just more proactive eradication more proactive hunting of of these animals
0: sure the uh you know and and until we get other methods newer methods uh, at this point we can shoot and track that's basically it and for small properties we get a lot of calls from you know, small property owners um, that are having pig damage, and and probably the the best thing for those guys, unfortunately, is to fence their property. Because if you don't have large areas of land where you can do pig control, you can't keep them off. If you've got ten acres and the pigs are tearing it up, and you catch a few pigs or shoot a few pigs, they're just going to come right back in from the adjacent property. For, so for smaller properties, fencing is probably the best thing you can do. Uh, trapping, we, we like to recommend whole sounder, so a, a, a herd of pigs, if you will, is called a sounder, and uh, if, you, if you go to uh, to play uh, trivia one day, that might come in handy, that word, but yeah, uh, yeah. so we, we try to uh, ask people to do whole sounder trapping, so keep baiting the hogs until all of them go into the trap, and then drop the gate on the trap, because if you, they're very, very smart animals, and if they see their their babies or their siblings get trapped, the chance of getting them in a trap later on is pretty slim. But, you know, in, intelligent trapping, trying to catch as many hogs as possible, combined with um, some night shooting and whatnot, um, day shooting, as you will, uh, is can help control the animals in the environment. But if you can't control very, very large properties, once again, they filter right back in so it's just a never-ending battle
1: now there is a challenge though if you do take uh, these hogs uh, and you want to uh, cook them they're edible right Uh, but they carry certain diseases that could be a problem
0: that's right yes so uh, once again compared to domestic pigs which have are now raised a lot of them in confinement they're disease-free from many of these diseases. They're communicable to humans. Uh, feral hogs still carry some diseases, um, most notably swine brucellosis and trichinosis, which are contagious to humans. And um, so the swine brucellosis can be um, contagious to humans if you cut yourself while you're cleaning one of these pigs. It has it. Uh, if you get the, any of the bodily fluids in your eyes or your mouth or if you eat undercooked pork, uh, feral pork. And and so we consider 165 degrees Fahrenheit a safe temperature to cook this meat to, and, and that will kill the trichinosis as well. Uh, we do recommend when people clean wild pigs, feral hogs, that they wear rubber gloves, preferably some sort of eye protection glasses, and don't eat or drink or use tobacco products while you're cleaning them because if you get blood on your, your glass or on your cigarette and you bring it to your mouth, you can contract these diseases like that. So uh, we, we do recommend safety precautions for those who are going to consume the, the wild pigs.
1: So wearing of rubber gloves, protective eyewear, and, and another warning you say is do not eat, drink, or use tobacco products when handling raw feral pork. And I guess Correct. that's because you can transfer more easily, right?
0: Right, you get it it on either the cigarette or the the tobacco if you're dipping or on your glass or your your can, whatever, and it will run down to your lips and get into your mouth that way.
1: And then also wash all coolers and utensils with hot, soapy water and bleach uh, in the aftermath of utilizing uh, those things for storage as well as the cleaning of, of the pig and the hog.
0: That's correct, yes, sir.
1: Um, I know y'all are tracking this. I mean how many hogs are we taking out of the are we harvesting every year?
0: Last year uh, we got uh, the hunters now uh, harvested 393 thousand according wow. to our um, according to our survey, we have a, a hunter harvest survey that's been in place since the 70s. Uh, the, the feral hogs were added to that survey back in the early 2000s. And um, and we see we're averaging somewhere around there these days. The, the first year of COVID, actually, um, the survey showed that hunters killed six hundred and fifty thousand hogs. And uh, of course, people were not at work; they were at their camps. They had time, and, and that in, it resulted Making in look, an increase.
1: Looking for something to do, <laughs>
0: yeah. right? And actually, you know, our numbers now are based our, our estimate of population is based on the harvest. And so now with these newer numbers we're thinking our population is actually closer to a million hogs uh in the state. Wow. So the and and the hog harvest is far exceeding uh white deer harvest these days. So yeah, yeah, there's there's plenty of them out there still.
1: Well, we'll check in with you periodically to see where we are if I uh, I guess if I it's fun to go shoot hogs. I've I do it every year. Um it's they're getting smarter and smarter, though. I don't. You don't see them. I, I don't. I guess you got to get it uh, at nighttime. I don't see them as much during the day as I as I once did. Uh, right. So well, I, they
0: uh, are very smart animals, and when they have pressure, they will go nocturnal very rapidly. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Truly appreciate it. Jim LaCour, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries State Wildlife Veterinarian. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us.